Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. This is the word of God. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm uh, one of the pastors here. Um, I'm glad that you're here with us. Um, once again, we do acknowledge it is extremely hot. Just believe that it is the Holy Spirit working in this room right now. Um, no, but glad that you're here with us. Uh, you know, today, actually, um, just a heads up, is, uh, you know, our, uh, our head pastor, Donnie Cho, and our worship pastor, Tim Shin, uh, is not here with us. But, uh, you know, he, we're just texting earlier in the day and just wanted to, you know, acknowledge you guys. And he just wanted to just give a brief hello. Um, you know, we often talk about this church and how um, it's just played uh, such a, a, a big part in our lives personally. So, you know, when one of us, when we're not here, we're, we really do feel like we're missing something very, very special. Uh, there's nothing greater than just worshiping with the people of God. So just wanted to kind of put that out there for everyone this morning. But if you've been with us uh, for the past few months, we've been going through our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. And as we're kind of landing this plane, and as we close out in the next few weeks, what we've been learning is that the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, his most comprehensive teaching on the kingdom, he essentially teaches us what the kingdom is and that there is a, a, a not yet that is ahead of us. But in light of what is not yet, we can live accordingly to that kingdom today. So as we go through Matthew chapters 5 through 7, we've been going after some topics and focusing on prayer. And this morning, I want to talk about a topic that Jesus addresses, and I think is something that we often want to address, and it is the topic of judgment. See, everyone in this room has experienced an unfair judgment that has led you to some form of hurt. Some of us in this room, you may have even experienced the pain of being judged unjustly to the point of being an outcast. Maybe you were wrongfully accused and maybe for some you were even exploited just because of an unfair judgment. I mean, how often do we hear that it's because of one's race you were judged unjustly? How often do we hear that maybe it's because of a social economical background that has led to some brokenness? How often do we hear that uh, there is judgment because of one's faith in the work context? Or simply, maybe you just didn't have a chance to be heard. 
And what happens is these experiences of, of being unfairly judged, it typically is going to shape you in a way where you're going to respond in, 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 in rat, two radically different ways. You're either going to judge the one way where you declare that everyone is now guilty, right? Because of your past judgments, you respond to it and you would respond in a way, and for some of us, you respond in a way where everyone is declared guilty. You're always seeing the wrong in a person. I mean, if I'm honest, you're probably that one person that no one wants to be around because you always have something hyper-spiritual to say. Or, on the other hand, on the other end of the spectrum, you judge everyone, where you declare that everyone is innocent, meaning you always see the right in a person. And if I could say this, you're probably the one person that everyone wants to be with because you have absolutely nothing to say. But in light of these extremes, what I love about Scripture is that Scripture teaches us that judgment is actually much more nuanced than a one or the other approach. And in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is going to show us how nuanced judgment actually is, and it leads us to our main point today. How we judge others reveals how broken we are, but how God judges us through Jesus Christ reveals how beautiful he is. So for this morning, I do have three points for us as we unfold into this topic of judgment. First, it is the warning. Secondly, it is the problem. And finally, the healing. Let's dive into our first point is the warning. Verse 1 says, do not judge or you too will be judged. See, Jesus right here is clearly warning his followers, very clear to not judge others. But we actually want to dive a little bit deeper into this command because it's a bit more nuanced from what you actually see. If I can explain, when we see do not judge in verse 1, this verse is actually misquoted quite often. In fact, I would argue that's probably one of the mis most misquoted verses in the Bible. It's often misused to argue that there are no moral absolutes, meaning don't judge because there's no such thing as an absolute right or an absolute wrong. There's no such thing as good or evil. But what scripture tells us is that that cannot be the case. Why? Because when we see Jesus all throughout his ministry, he doesn't share any presuppositions that we have about relative morality. Jesus is constantly making public judgments. John chapter 7, verse 7, he tells his disciples that the world hates him because I testify about it that its works are evil. So when Jesus says, do not judge, he's not talking about any moral relativism. What is Jesus saying? Do not judge. Jesus is referring to the judgment that always leads to a guilty verdict. Jesus is talking about the judgment that shows no grace. He's talking about the judgment that has no forgiveness and overall lacks the very compassionate character of Christ. This is the judgment that Jesus is referring to, and he does not take it lightly. Look at verse 2. For in the same way... If you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
What do we see in verse 2? Verse 2, Jesus is specifically warning of a judgmental activity that is destroying you. He's specifically talking about a judgment that is destroying your relationships, and he's talking about the judgment that is essentially breaking and causing discord amongst his people and the very mission of God. When you look at verse 2, to break this down a little bit, he's talking about something called the law of retaliation. Now, what was the law of retaliation? The law of retaliation in the ancient times, what it was, it was meant to protect the poor from ungodly kings. See, it was during these times, right, when a king judged and declared someone guilty, it often allowed for limitless vengeance because the law of violence had no boundaries. So what does God do in light of his grace and his compassion? He would now create a law to prevent against the rulers to abuse that, abuse their powers and abuse. So when we go back into verse 1 and 2, just as God created a law to prevent harsh judgment that leads to harsh punishment, Jesus is clearly warning about judgment in itself and the harsh judgment that leads to harsher punishment. You know, if I can say it this way, if you are judging others in a way that is unfair, unjust, and ungodly, in a way that you may be cutting someone off, maybe you are gossiping about them, maybe you are putting them beneath you because of your status, it is a rebellion against the very nature of God that he is not honored. You aren't loving like you are called to. You aren't being gracious like you are called to. And you are not living in light of his mission. Now, some of you wonder, well, how can I say such a thing? Well, let's go back to the text. See, if you read Matthew chapter 7, remember that this is the Sermon on the Mount, meaning it's all about God's kingdom and how that shapes our lives and how it shapes our relationships. So one of the major themes about the Sermon on the Mount is in the context of relationships. So what do we see in Matthew chapters 5 through 7? It's all about relationships. It's all about reconciliation. It's about loving others. It's all about forgiveness. So Jesus is telling his disciples, the judgment that always leads to an unfair verdict, the unfair judgment that is causing discord amongst his people. It is corrosive to your soul. It is corrosive to the relationships that are surrounding you, and it does not advance the kingdom. And the question I have for us this morning is this. Are you judging others to this extent? Are you cutting them off because they aren't your type of person? Are you gossiping about them because they didn't meet a standard? Are you unwilling to forgive because you are above them? Do you look down upon them? If you said yes to any of these questions, this is the judgment that Jesus is warning you of. Jesus says to be careful. There's a fair warning about judgment and it is dangerous, it is corrosive to your soul, it will destroy relationships. It does not advance the mission in the kingdom of God. So Jesus, he warns us to be careful. And the question becomes, well, how, how do we address this? See, if you're not a Christian in this room, 
What the Christian believes is that in the power of the gospel is that it's all about heart transformation rather than behavior modification. But for us to do so, we have to address the problem. And what I love is that's what Jesus does, our wonderful counselor. He says to look into our hearts, which where is what we will find the problem in. Look at verse 3 and 4 with me. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? See, what Jesus is saying is he's giving us this illustration where he's telling us that there is a problem uh, of judging others, but it's stemming from a problem that is far deeper. And he's going in terms of our souls. And what Jesus is saying is that we have a stirring pride that prevents us from wanting to acknowledge and exposing our sins. So what Jesus says in verse 3 and 4, he's referring this as to addressing the speck of sawdust in others rather than addressing the spiritual plank that is inside you. Now, in the Greek, the word plank is seen as a massive timber beam, and it would often be used to support a roof. And Jesus is saying is consider the plank in your eye. The reason why you and I judge to the point where someone is guilty is because we never want to acknowledge our weaknesses by addressing the plank. See, our pride and our insecurity we would rather put people down by acknowledging the specks of sawdust rather than the plank in the eye. And do we not do it so often? Our pride always leads to other specks of sawdust rather than the planks of your soul. If I can explain, I see this quite often in you know, dating and marriage relationships. You know, in a dating and marriage relationship, there are going to be times when one is going to have to address a plank in someone's eye, right? But if you're honest, these convos are never quite easy. They're actually really, really difficult. And it often goes something like this. Uh, boo. That's what you call them. That's when you know you got to soften the blow. Say, so, boo, you... You know I care about you. Um, you know I love you. I really care about this relationship. But I'm concerned because I'm starting to see some things in your life. Or I'm starting to see this pattern in your life. And I see it affecting you. And I see it affecting me. And I see it affecting the relationship. And I just want to let you know because I care about you or maybe because I love you, I, I just want to address this issue. Can we talk about it? And how does she respond? I don't like how you said it. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but I can't believe that's how you said it. And isn't that moment where you're kind of like, wait a minute, I, I could have swore I said everything correctly. <laughs> what did I just say? Was this person not hearing me? I, I'm just trying to figure this out in the moment, right? What I'm trying to say is how often are we unwilling to acknowledge the plank? And how often are we 
so quick to look at the speck of sawdust. See, Jesus is saying is that's the problem. The problem is that very pride that never wants to hear uh, or acknowledge the sin and, and the, the brokenness that is within us. And in response, we are so, so quick to respond and judge to the person accordingly to what is unfair. We would rather expose others because we always want to cover ourselves. The lack of humility, the prideful behavior that never acknowledges sin. And the question becomes is, how can someone whose vision is completely obscured can render a just assessment of someone's minor problem? And Jesus calls us out on that. In verse 5, he says, you hypocrite. Verse 5 says, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, the Greek word for hypocrite is often translated as an actor. It's often translated as someone that wears a mask. And Jesus is saying that it is this mask of self-righteousness that is killing you. It is this mask that is making you a spiritual fraud. It is this mask is, that is breaking all of your relationships. It is this mask of hypocrisy that is not allowing the gospel to move forward in terms of where you are today. And that's the question for us this morning, including me. How often are we uh, so quick to look at the outer blemishes in others rather than acknowledging the inner cancer that is killing you? See, what I've realized that in, um, and as I'm kind of doing more and more pastoral ministry, my biggest concern is never that person that um, is talking about their sin. I'll be honest with you, because I think there should be no surprises. We know that sin is in every one of us, meaning sin will pour out in some shape or form. So in light of pastoral ministry, past couple of years, when you know, someone says there's a sin issue, that, that doesn't surprise me, you know. Um, you know, that, that's actually very normal. And, you know, the whole process of pastoral ministry and counsel, you walk with them. But, you know, for me, if I'm honest, the, the one thing I do have concern of is, is when there is a sin and it's clear, but then they always try to navigate it to the speck of sawdust, and I'm telling you right now, above all things, that is far more concerning than the sin in itself. And the reason is this. Is it's because it's often telling me of the pride. It's often telling me the self-righteousness. It's uh, likely to tell me about the judgment that is bound to come that's going to kill themselves into this form of anger and discouragement, this lack of compassion and deception. And for the church, you and I, the very people of God, we must be repentant. We must acknowledge that you and I are hypocrites, that we judge not accordingly to grace that we proclaim, but we also we just judge accordingly to our self-righteousness. I hear a lot of Christians say, oh my gosh, I hate when non-Christians call me a hypocrite. I say that's actually the very wrong response. I say you acknowledge it and say, yes, I am a hypocrite, and I need the very grace of God. See, when you acknowledge the problem that leads you to look at the speck and ignoring the log, it's then 
where Jesus says in verse 6 is where you can find our healing. Look at, the, look at verse 6 with me as we dive into our third and last point. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, I want to stop. I'm going to unpack verse 6 just a little bit. Because if you look at verse 6, number one, it's a complicated saying already by itself. Right? Number two, this is within an already complicated topic. So how do we make sense of verse 6 according to verses 1 through 5? Because in verses 1 through 5, Jesus is saying, do not judge. But then in verse 6, he's calling someone a dog and a pig. How do we make sense of this? How do we reconcile this? Because verse 6, it sounds like Jesus is judging. See, what Jesus is illustrating to us in verse 6 is actually about our natural estate. That spiritually, you and I, every single one of us, without Jesus, we are like an undomesticated animal. And you and I do not have the ability to discern what is truly valuable. You and I are all unaware because by nature, we are blinded by to what we naturally want and what we heartfully desire. And just like dogs and pigs that look for scraps, even though there is a pearl in presence, we naturally just want to find earthly fulfillment, even though we have a greater pearl in our presence. Now, what is this pearl that Jesus is alluding to? Well, if you look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 and verse 46, he makes it clear. He says that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. See, the beautiful pearl that Jesus is referring to is the gospel. But what I love is that Jesus tells us something quite remarkable about this gospel. See, what it tells us is that just as the dogs and the pigs, they trample pearls under their feet, and in anger, they respond in just savagery uh, because their immediate needs aren't being met. They turn the owners into pieces, and if you and I, in the very same way, we respond just like the dogs and the pigs. See, that there is a great pearl in our presence, but we respond just like dogs and pigs because of our natural wants. So because of that, we see that God, he would send his son, Jesus Christ, to be trampled under the feet of men. We see that Jesus would be torn and teared up into the hands of men. And on the cross, he was fully torn as he was torn apart by being fully separated from his father. And then the question is why? He did this because he would be judged guilty, and Jesus came to take care of the penalty for our sin. See, that the penalty of sin requires a great cost. But Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 tells us that Christ was the greatest treasure of his Father. Meaning, Jesus was offered, he was given to us, and we trampled him into dust so that we no longer have to experience the judgment that you and I deserved. That instead, because of Christ, we are now judged accordingly to the righteousness of Christ that was freely given to us. And 
when we acknowledge this, when we realize that we're now judged because of Christ, it is a healing balm for our souls, and it begins to set us free. It sets us free from our natural tendencies to look at someone's speck of sawdust, and we naturally will acknowledge the planks of our eye. See, the gospel, it sh should heal us as it begins to humble us. It will lead us to be less prideful. And as we are less prideful, we become less judgmental. So when we see Matthew chapter 7 in its fullness, not only is there a vertical healing because of a renewed view of how you are not judged, but it's also going to be a horizontal healing with the people that surround you. See, what happens here is when you realize the fullness of God's judgment upon you in Christ's righteousness, what that's going to do is that's going to soften you. It's going to make you more humble. So there's a vertical renewal, but in light of a vertical renewal, there now becomes a horizontal renewal. And that's what Jesus makes very clear that in verse 5 and 6, he tells us that, that it's going to renew our relationships. It's going to build our relationships. Now, what's interesting is this, is that Jesus is clear to not judge others, right? We see that clearly. Do not judge, right? Verse 1. But what do we see in verse 5 and 6 is that's also very clear that we should make judgments, right? Meaning for you and I, we need to be discerning because of the gospel that empowers us to look at others accordingly to someone that may not know the gospel. But in light of humility and a response to that gospel is you don't judge them because they don't know the gospel, but you walk with them accordingly in terms of where they are. You're meeting them at where they're struggling with. You're meeting them at their brokenness. So in a very way, what we have to do in light of judgment, yes, we are not to judge others. We're not to put on our Judge Judy robe and slam the hammer down and yell guilty. But the same way, we are to be wise and discerning about the people that are surrounding you. You know, if I can say this, I think oftentimes for a lot of believers, um, you know, you judge and we, we, we discern incorrectly. I always say this. I think the problem uh, with a lot of believers today is um, we assume too much. Like we look at the person, we always assume that they can feed into this. And uh, we assume too much that they're ready to observe the pearl, but where they're, they're in a position where they just want the food that is surrounding them. And what I'm trying to say is that in light of judgment, that's okay because we acknowledge that. We affirm of what they are. And you walk with them and never just assume that they're ready to intake the pearls. And then you get so disappointed because, oh, well, they're not intaking the pearls. Well, my position is as the believer, I'm like, well, that's on you because you discern incorrectly. And you're not walking accordingly to where they are. See, only in Christ does he heal and renew our abilities to take in more spiritual truth and how we see the beauty of the gospel rather than looking for earthly pearls. Just as Jesus died to set us free from the judgment we deserve, in the same way as Christ's ambassadors for the kingdom, you must constantly die to yourselves 
practice patience, practice humility, practice forgiveness in light of how we naturally judge others. Look at the pearl of the gospel and may you behold its beauty. And when you see this, it will humble you because it will remind you that you are under the mercy of a just judge, so merciful that he would send his son that you would be free from eternal death. And when we are wrecked by that, when it humbles us, may you respond accordingly to the people that surround you. Would you join me in prayer this morning?